Yeah, I said I'm I'm struck by the quality that I sense here at the end of this week of work together and um I think I was probably wondering at the beginning if this turning to desire and eros would make us very excited. Um, which I think it, for many of you, it has in many, many ways. And, and that excitement that I know some of you have opened to feels really like right now, it feels like it has so many levels to it. So, such subtlety as well. It's not just a, or oh, the aliveness has such a lot of levels to it, right? To a, I'm really struck by that. Yeah, kind of humbled by that actually, and um, you know, in 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 validating and legitimizing and in desire more on the map. You know, there's a reason why that doesn't happen, right? We know we know why that's not always the case, or and sometimes necessary that it's not. We study different ways. Um, but in validating and finding skill with, in this context, I'm just struck by, yeah, I'm really, really struck by the maturity. And thank you. When I say that, I, that the, the vulnerability in the heart, the kind of tenderness and the tremble, before that, as I sense us, is, um, brings a kind of trust that, that we're recognizing somehow together that this eros isn't ours, personal possession or our, um, it's not not ours. But if we limit it that way, we know what happens, right? Loses the sacred aspect, or the sacred recognition as well, and the dimensionality that we recognize as gold. So right now, I have all these things to say, and I may say some of them, but I might not. I, I'm with with us almost like as if there's an image coming, as if we have um, or we're some kind of, very um, shy as I say it, but some kind of sacred hearth or um, that's
available through our way of seeing in this way. And maybe that can be our guide. Or maybe that can, if that can be my guide right now, as much as I'm able. <laughs> And I think, I'm not just speaking for myself here, but in, in speaking with you all, well, not you all, but many of you, um, there's something about that recognition of how, whatever word or image you have, again, yours might not be fiery, but um, the recognition of where we get more of an instinct for the gold, or more of an instinct for recognizing dimensionality and sacredness, that, that it pulls us. It's like magnetic kind of love. It's an attraction. And we want to go there. I'm saying we, if you don't if you go, not me <laughs> then I respect that. But I also want to speak to that part of us that might recognise this as well, because that's not always um yeah, we hear so many things every day. This isn't the part that always gets to call the loudest. But when there's that magnetic pull, we want to go there. We can't help but go there. We desire to go there. We um, feel ourselves pulled to go there. Even if the there isn't exactly, you know, concrete, as to whether there is. But that two-ness with that belovedness of that pulls us. And when we can sense that force in ourselves, so we're not just positing the illumination out there. Right? That's why we guard the holy fire here also. When we, when that desire and that natural magnetism that we find in all kinds of things in our life, when it goes out through the senses, but we leave home unconsciously, the illumination is all over there in that person, in that thing, in that event. And my life's on hold until I can get back to that holy illumination, which is only enshrined in that particular temple. And then there's a kind of reification there, and the, soon a flattening, even if the heart is still um, might still feel emotional, but there can be certain kind of flattening. So guarding the holy fire here and out there where we see it and where we can create containers for this as well. Where we 
we would get that instinct for gold, for fire, for torrents. And the subtlety, that vulnerability of the human heart that's part of the attuning to that. So it doesn't just tumble into back in only only into our in our unhelpful sankaras, but it includes them. They can get drawn into that attractive magnetic love. The desire to relieve the suffering is great in us, but it's not enough for most souls even to attend to the suffering. Because how much suffering do we have? Do we know? How much suffering as we open more to the cosmos and the world? How much suffering is there? Do we know? The magnetic pull to the beyonds, the multiple beyonds, the transcendent beyonds, the beyonds that we see on the other side of someone or through them or in them, and in ourselves, our attraction to the beyonds has a force, has a force to it that we need. Otherwise, we're going to kind of... Yeah, Jill's demonstrating. <laughs> Jill's kind of... Yeah kind of run away or uh, fall asleep or as one of my teachers once said in a different context he said he was talking particularly about the belly center he said if you open to the belly center so the whole libidinal energy without any wisdom it's a giddy ride he said but if you open with wisdom if you don't open it it's a road to dullness and I said that in that context so there is the navigation, but that force, that force is strong, catches everything, can, can catch everything in it. Not that you're trying to do that. It's not ours. We're not, it's not yours. So yes, the desire from compassion is great and can get greater and is limitless as we know from the Buddha. And this, from the perspective of the beyonds, this magnetic pull is clear, is radiant, is brilliant, is scintillating, is pulsing, is illuminating, is, is sublime, is delicate. And its effect is powerful. Its subtlety is so subtle that it can penetrate. Which doesn't always make sense to our mind that something so subtle can, so gentle, so delicate, also can be so penetrative. So in the, um, I think Rob might say more about 
containers, maybe. Um, but just a, a word on making the transition as you leave the retreat. Um, take good care with your holy fire and reflect on the ways and hopefully you know sometimes sometimes we can do this together reflect on the ways that that can be supported how soul can be supported how the holy hearth or whatever is your metaphor or image can be um, respected with reverence which at first many of us will recognize that in something, let's say, more light or bright or shiny. Sometimes we recognize that reverence and the sacredness in those things that are lighter and brighter and more etheric, perhaps, some of us, not everyone. But as we go, continue with that instinct for the gold, the whisper of the gold, the smell of the gold, that that can, as you are, many of you know and are seeing more and more getting more trust in, that our relationship to the dukkha, our relationship to our pain and the pain of each other can change from a path perspective also. The, the contraction and the dukkha and the places of um, brokennesses, yes, they can be dissolved, absolutely, and that's beautiful and skillful. And for them to be soul-making, they can also become the other, not the other of, oh, that other, my dukkha. And they don't have to become one of, oh, it is me, it absolutely is me, I am absolutely this dukkha. We know that, of course we work with that. But in becoming two, this shape, this programming, this sankara that's whatever yours are, the ones that aren't so, the ones that feel more constrained and problematic, that... You've, some of you are seeing this and have seen this, that that instinct for gold that we see right there, right there, in that face, my face, that image that looks like my suffering initially, as I learn how to gaze with the poise of participation, something different starts to open up. We see that it isn't just my suffering. We sense more dimensionality. And not even saying, oh, it's also the suffering of the world. Yes, yes, and don't limit it. Don't limit the face you see, because none of us like it when we're gazed upon. And the one who gazes limits how they see, even if they see us as divine. Only. And then the dukkha, 
that we've battled with and has been alien and the emotions that arise in the body that we want to transcend or dissolve or even in the noble, noble practices with them, start to make sense in a different way. Not lauding them or praising them and making a new doctrine that suffering is good for you. But something changes in the relationship that levels and dimensions and we recognize that holy hearth through that face of the suffering of the icon. It's not denying that action is needed, quite the opposite. We'll be more able to act when we don't limit a suffering face to a suffering face. Because the pull, the force, the magnetism, it's our love, it's our lover, the lover that we share, right there. And in that, those strands, those disparate strands of my life, oh, that bit belongs to practice and that bit has to go over there, those disparate strands of my life can be, from the human perspective, brought to the holy fire to be illuminated, yes, sometimes burned up and illuminated, not preferencing the burning up from the illumination. Maybe maybe our service in the world is um, even more beautiful. (laughs) 